Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Smithy, Smithy, Smithies, can't you see? Sometimes your strokes just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashing blade. That's why I'm broken. You're well paid. It is gold. When you said, I love his flashing blade, that was the most concerning bit about that for me to be. Right. Unbelievable. T2000s for fun, that bloke. Right, well, while the listeners kind of come to get to grips with what's just happened, this is Slogging Hit. I'm John O'Gordon, with me as always, Eugene Berger, and... My last episode ever. (laughs) Notorious, not B.I.G., but Simon Roberts. Robbo, thank you so much for that. I mean, these get better and better week on week. I think I peaked at the rocky one that you didn't know, if I'm honest. I liked Reach. No one... Ever. I must say, Robert, that has warmed my cockles. It's fucking freezing in the, the deep south of minus seven degrees when I woke up this morning. But that has definitely warmed me up. Well done, mate. My pleasure. It needs to be someone's, I suppose. Uh, how are we then, boys? Are we all right? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, mate. Um, a little bit embarrassed, and it's probably going to take me about 15 minutes to be talking at a semi-normal speed again after that, because my heart is currently going about 3,000 beats a minute. Even though there's only two people viewing this, and I realise that Eugene can edit it to make me look better, no, worse, <laughs> I ever do. But no, mate, pretty good, pretty good. Nice weekend was had, so so yeah. How about you, Eugene? Yeah, I'm good, good. Like I said, I'm cold. It's freezing in the south. If anybody is listening to this, I hope that you are nice and warm after the freezing temperatures. Apparently, the folks in the Midlands in the north would say that this is shortened t-shirt weather, but I don't believe them. T-shirt weather, but when when you when you've got as much hair as I've got, it um, it, tend, it tends to be warm uh, most times of the year. I mean, Robbo, you talk about two people watching you do that. We all know that there's only two people that listen to this most weeks, so it's not. You won't be embarrassing yourself in front of many. Valid. How was my weekend? Obviously, I turned forty last Thursday, which was nice. Simon and Albie, we went out for we went out for a little drink, didn't we? Which was nice. Nice dinner yeah. with the wife over the weekend. The f- parents came. 
And then just to finish off the weekend in true five-star style, we had the Club AGM yesterday morning. So that was uh, that was great. Only had seven arguments, which was nice. <laughs> but All of which are. were with my mother. Six of the seven were with your mother. Bless her. So, but so. to this is great. Good job. No, we had a nice conversation and we disagreed. And then in the end, realized that I was right, which is lovely. So yeah, anyway, on we go. What are we going to talk about? Steve, Steve, Simon. Well, the point of the, the song was to kind of, to, uh, Steve Smith, is he? I'm going to start it on a very, very controversial topic. Pinsy scoring T20 hundreds. Is he the greatest test batter? Of the last 80 years? No. Discuss. Next question. <laughs> okay, brilliant. If not, <laughs> why not? Who's better? I don't think you can why. compare different eras when you start looking at batsmen. I mean, you could argue different formats, different pitches, uncovered pitches. This whole debate's gone on for, I want to say, decades. It has probably gone on for decades. But yeah, I mean, look. 40 years' time, there's going to be a new person that's the best batsman because the facilities have got better, the bats, the equipment's got better, the pit balls, have, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know, from my perspective, I don't think he's the best ever test batsman. Now, if you broaden that slightly and asked if he was the best cricketer that is batting at the moment across all three formats, that might be a different conversation because obviously people that in the olden day eras didn't play T20s. Yes, they played a little bit of limited over stuff. But so from my perspective, I think he's one of the best batsmen in world cricket at the moment, not the best test cricket. Now, I like him slightly more than I like David Warner. However, I think it is hard to argue against his greatness at the moment. Well, he's, well we'll come on to the stat about the, T, the Big Bash 100s shortly, but I just think that... Well, let me come at it from a different angle. People talk about the big four. So that would be Virat Kohli, Kane Williamson, Steve Smith, and Joe Root. Joe Root doesn't play T20s, or he does. He's got two 80s in the IT, who no one cares, watered down version of itself, T20 league that they're playing somewhere in the desert at the moment. Steve Smith, he, I mean, that, what, that first 100 he sort of hit was just mind-bogglingly good. Like, it, it just, unbelievable. I think there's a, Joe Root cannot be part of that conversation for me because he doesn't score runs across all three formats. Yes, he had he's an, had an incredible test run in the last kind of 15, 18 months or whatever. And last year was obviously a phenomenal year for him. But as an all-round big four, top four, whatever you call it, I don't even think that he can be classed as anywhere near that. I just think Steve Smith, I think, I think as much as I hate to admit it, we are witnessing greatness every time we watch that bloke play because he's now able to transfer big numbers across all three formats and i think he is as as much as i think at times he's made a lot of mistakes and whatever we mentioned referenced it last week how he came over is in 2009 as this slightly tubby leg spinner who batted seven to now what you see him churning out every time he strives to the crease whether it's in yellow pads black pads white pads whatever the bloke's a bit of a freak. I just think he's unbelievable. Now, whether that's mindset, skill, a mixture of both, temperament, as, as much as I don't like to admit it, I think the bloke's just incredible. 
I'm just looking at some of his stats. Right. So he's got 8,647 runs, an average of 61 in test cricket. This is in test cricket style. Sorry, you just, into, repeat that, just repeat that for me. 8,647 runs. Yeah. At an average of just short of 61. Okay. Not bad. If you look at his average around the world in different continents, he struggles in, so in Oceania, to O, he averages 66. Okay. In Europe, in England, he averages 60. In Asia, it drops a little bit to 51. And he's terrible in Africa. Absolutely shocking. He only averages 41 in Africa. So when people say... So a test like, average that most people would kill for across that... Can you imagine if he, was, if he played solely in Africa for England in the 90s, he'd have still been current, current, like the best player by a mile. Yeah. By about an average of seven. The guy averages 60 over 14, over, sorry, 12 years of test cricket. Now, you look at what he's doing in one-day cricket or T20 cricket, which everyone said he was done. I remember the T20 World Cup, everyone was questioning his place, and he's gone out now and smashed it in the big bash league. I, I used to think about people like, uh, people question this stuff, people like Graham Pollock and stuff like that, that average high 50s, early 60s, and this guy was one of the best players of all time. He, on an international stage, he didn't do it over 12 years. And people will say, you look at Laura, average 51. You look at Tendulk, average 53. Look at, like, Drabid, average. This guy's averaging 61 in modern cricket. That is 10 better than anyone else who's currently playing. Give up, closest, almost 10. We've probably got Coley at 52, maybe. It might be nine. But he's 10 better than the other so big four just in test cricket. Yeah. I don't think there can be any doubt that he's in well, he's pissed the best batter. The best cricketer I've ever seen in my time watching cricket is Jack Callis and no one can tell me anything otherwise. Averages 55 with the bat, averages 31 with the ball and grabbed it for fun at slip. There's, for me, there's no one that comes close to him in terms of the most talented all-round cricketer. In terms of batters, in an era where we've got five or six, he is 10. He is 20% yeah. better than them. That's quite a big number, isn't can it, I, when you look at it like that? Can, right. I throw a, can I throw a name in there? Go on. Of somebody I think that might, I don't want to say in the same era, but I think that A.B. de Villiers was a similar run-scoring machine as Steve Smith. Now, I know you're going to quickly go and look at the stats. He didn't do very well in T20s, although when you look at, the amount of runs that he scored everywhere in the big in the IPL and in the other T20 competitions around the world, you're obviously asking yourself why didn't he do well for South African cricket? And we're not going to delve into that tonight. But you know, you look at what he achieved in Test cricket and ODIs. Still, to your point, you know, ten less than Steve Smith in terms of an overall average because he only averaged 51 in Test cricket. In ODI cricket, he averages 53 and a half. And then in, for some reason, T20 cricket and internationals, he only averaged 26. I don't know what happened there. But, you know, you look at the amount of games, it's not that many games. Do you know, But I would never have thought that they were his numbers in Test cricket. Just never would have, he would never have crossed my mind. As soon as you said it, I was like, no, Test cricket, no. 
But I, that's just astounded me. I think that for someone like AB, there was, no, there was never any question that he was a phenomenally talented batsman. I don't know why his numbers were so low in in, in international T20, yeah. considering the runs that he scored for fun. And for me, I think that it's... Well, let's say the T20, the IPL and the big... I don't think he played much Big Bash, but certainly he was a massive name in the IPL, De Villiers. I think it's one thing being able to do it at a level where you're comfortable and too good for that level. But Steve Smith is 20% better than his peers playing against the best players in the world. That's what I think makes it phenomenal. The other, the other thing I was going to ask, and I know that you two are multi-screen and like looking at stats and stuff while we're recording, so... You might be able to find this out. Wild average in test cricket is Bradman, 99.25 or whatever it was. Now, that's that's obviously wildly improved on, what, 30, 38 better than Smith. But obviously you can't compare the two eras, and I think to try and compare those two is, is daft. But what I would like to find out is, do we play? Do the guys play more games now, or would Bradman have played more games? Because I think you can draw some kind of comparison between games played and yeah so I, my point being i think that if steve smith is playing more games than bradman played it's almost more impressive because you're having to but some people might argue that once you're in form it's easier to retain form if you're playing all the time others might say it's actually it's much harder to do it if you're playing more to keep yourself fresh and stuff what where are you guys sitting with that I mean, bradman played 40 less games so bradman only played 52 tests scored 6,000, best part of 7,000 runs, 6,996 runs at an average of 99.94. Again, I think it's over a shorter period. If you look at, if you look at playing, if you look at other people that have maybe played only 50 tests, and I say only, 50 tests is a phenomenal amount to get to. I think from that perspective, you could average a higher average, but over the longevity that these guys mm. are playing, I mean, Steve Smith's on 92 tests, I want to say. Yeah. 92 tests, yeah. So um, then, do you yeah, think maybe people... 114? It's just longer. Do you think people then will look at Steve Smith if he carries on and ends his career? Steve, he could go on for another five years easy, maybe longer. Do you think that if he ends his career uh, averaging 61, having played, I don't know, 90 games more than Bradman, people will go, he's Bradman esque in terms of that, in terms of the level, despite averaging 30, 38 less? Is this a guy that would, because Bradman is always the one, isn't he? Always the one, the, yeah. the big name that people look at. Are we witnessing in Steve Smith someone that can actually start to challenge Bradman's title, if you like, as the absolute greatest ever? I think this is where we get back to the difficulty of comparing areas. And I've just done a quick flick through the stats. And of the big four, he's th averaging 13 runs more than Coley, 12, 11 more than Root. And eight more than Williams. So for me, that's not, it's not a big four anymore, then, is it? Like I say, that's 20%, almost 20% yeah. averaging more. That's not a big four. That's one. And the rest, yeah. That's Man City winning the league by February, getting 100 points and winning by 20 points. Mm. Like, you wouldn't have said that's a four-horse race, would you? No, of course you wouldn't. So, so for me, at the minute, and sorry to slightly verb off you, verb, Veer off your point, but I think is you've got to look at it in the only way you can compare era is compare the people below you. If how far ahead of you, how far ahead are you of everybody else? So in 
for example, people will say that the reason Bradman's the best is because there wasn't anyone averaging eight. Yeah. People were averaging whatever they were averaging at the time. I'll be honest, yeah. you're yeah. talking about Wally Hammond and people like that. I don't know. I can sit and spend another 10 minutes cruising cricket info if you want, but I don't know. And part of, a, of Bradman's alert was it's almost like a bit of a myth to modern cricket as well. He must have been this incredible person to average nearly 100. He was averaging 100 until he got cleaned up fourth ball and only then did it drop down. Like, But I think now with access to players, with the popularity of cricket to a certain extent, with how much more cricket played, it's, I would say he's on a par with that. I can't, and it upsets me because I can remember when he first started playing, I despised the bloke. Like, but you watch him bat, and it's certainly in test cricket, like we say, we can have a the debate when you look at, like, Kohli, for example, averages 48 in test cricket, but one-day cricket averages 57, T20 cricket averages 52 in T20 cricket. So then you started to get onto how blinking good is he. Mm. in that format but for me solely talking about test cricket and yes this conversation has come about because Steve Smith's form in short format cricket like it's he is, he is as good he's certainly up there with the Sobers kind of career a Viv Richards kind of career how people have changed the game in their, at their time and they're that much better than you look at the bowling attack of the West Indies and the, a Dennis Lilly type thing like how much they advanced to the level I don't think we will ever see Again, anyone average 60. I'm just looking at the stats as we're kind of talking about it. So just looking back at Rodman's kind of era. So he averaged, as we said, 99.94. So then you've then, closest to him, similar period, you've got George Headley, who was 60.83. Herbert Sutcliffe, 60.73. Eddie Painter, 59.23. And Ken Barrington, 58.67. So he was 30, 39 more than his closest rival within that kind of similar span the time frame a completely like random one smith's fourth who do you think two and three are on the all-time test averages list no cheating uh, wow graham uh, pollock yes he's third who's second um, marnus labuchane no he's below smith no. i just looked at his stats now he's a name i'm going to bring up shortly he's seventh he's one that is he's so what out country there. australia so oh, not an um, era that we'll know. It is. Alan Border. Nope. Michael Love. Nope. So Ben Stokes caught him at Trent Bridge off Stuart Broad in that eight for fifteen. It's a real it's a real Oh Adam Voges. Yeah. Adam Voges, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, How many tests did he play though? Right. Twenty. Sixty one point eight seven. Is, so this is where I was gonna go. I wanted to compare Steve Smith to where he is in his career now versus somebody that's retired and also had a fantastic career in Sachin. I mean, he played 200 tests. He averaged just short, just shy of 60. So it'll be really interesting to see Smith's progression to go from whatever test he's on now up to that 200 mark if he does get there to see if he can maintain that 60% where he is or if he actually drops down to where Sashin was, which is, I suppose, around the, what did he average? I'm just having a look here. So he averaged 53. Yeah. yeah. And then you look at somebody that's really early in their career which is Marnus, who's played 33 tests, and he's averaging the same as Smith. So it's going to be interesting to see how those three careers, well, the two careers that are still playing, actually track towards Sachin. Because you can't argue, if you're comparing cricketers, you have to compare everybody to Sachin, because he's the one that we saw. Don't think it's fair comparing it to Bradman. Different era. For all we know, and I'm not saying this is true, 
the people that were belonging to Bradman were clubbies. I mean, I was looking at those averages you were just mentioning there. I was like, they must have been clubbies. Everybody averaged 60. You never see that anymore here. You've got two phenomenal batsmen in Smith and, and Lovis Kirkney that are averaging 60 and everyone else is in the early 50s or low 40s. Or well, 40s yeah, no, yeah, there's a few people averaging around the 50s and then pe most people are coming in at mid-late 30s, aren't they? Like you yeah. look at, you, you, people talk about Dean Elgar as having a really good test career. He averages 38, so what I mean. But when you, Interesting, eh? Yeah, so it's, I don't know. It, the, the whole point of it was a... I don't think we appreciate quite what we're witnessing. Some might say with the Marnus, the surname Eugene just said, because I can't say it that way and I feel <laughs> bad every time I say it wrong. Like We need to be paying attention to that. We need to be looking at that going, hang on a minute, because I'll tell you what, through 30 tests, it'd be interesting to see what Smith was averaging. And he I he even started, started out as a bowler though, didn't he? That's but that's exactly... So this guy's coming in and averaging 60 now. Once he's got test cricket figured out, you'd say probably... Well, 45, you know, I mean, he's obviously getting there, but once he's played 80, 80 90, if he does tests, where mm. could he be? Yeah, 100%. In, he plays in Australia a lot. They play against England a lot. He's obviously proven himself in English conditions a lot. I think this I is think the averaging, two, averaging 53, like Sashin did, over 200 tests, that's going to be tough to beat. Because how many people are we going to... He started, he played his first test at 17 or whatever, finished when he was, what, 40? How many people are we going to see with that length of career and longevity? And that's why I think the amount of games needs some kind of sway within it. It does need to have some kind of consideration as to how many games you've played as to... But again, how easy is that to do? I don't know the answer to that. Right. Here's one for you. Jack Callis. 166 tests. Yeah. So he's going to be, he's going to be one of the closer ones to... Sachin, average 55.37. More than, yeah. Jesus, yeah. Out. So he had a higher average than. than Sachin, but in, yeah, 34 less tests, which I know is currently minus Abu <laughs> career. But, sorry, I had a tickle there. But that's, the, this is what I'm saying. I, I'm not saying Sachin, in my opinion, he was the, well, th there's two, and the other one doesn't average near that. That's Brian Laura, but. They're the two best batters for me, but people talk about why Callis is for me the greatest cricketer that's ever lived, all round cricketer, because he's got the batting average better than the, the leading one scoring Test cricket of all time. He got he was what within three thousand runs of him through thirty four less games, and he's got the bowling average of a very he's got a, a similar bowling average to to Stuart Broad, and he's got. Well, let me just think. All in catches of he must he must have two hundred two hundred ninety two wickets at thirty two. I know he's so, got only over a hundred catches. I know that. Trying to find the fielding bits. Bear with. So it's good for a podcast. Someone saying bear with. <laughs> so Simon, can you sing us another song while we're just filling this dead space that you've yeah. created? Two hundred catches. It's some record. It's some record. Yeah. You know what's really interesting? The internet's a wonderful thing. What you can do is you can go and have a look at what they averaged per season. I mean, Bradman averaged, I mean, in his last season, he averaged 113. Second last season, he averaged 65, 210. I mean, uh, these are phenomenal. These are phenomenal. But, but, but you look at Session, look at Session. Unfortunately, he should have retired because his last two seasons, he averaged 23 and 28. He was trying to get 100, I mean, 100, 20. Yeah. 
So he was playing more than he should have, or he was a bit long in the eyes go, But that's game. another thing. Like, when, at what point do your eyes go? You got lads letting go of it at 90 mile an hour. It can't be easy. At 14, mine did. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he retired at the peak of his career. Most people nowadays, they hold on to it for life and breath because they want that. They want to squeeze every last sort of opportunity of mm. cash, I guess. They're getting sponsored by all sorts of weird and wonderful people. Who was Bradman sponsored by? That's right. No one, because it didn't exist back in the day. Yep. Whoever made stumps so we could practice. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And beer barrels. And beer barrels. Right. So I'm not sure if we answer Let that. us know. Let us know, listeners, what you think. Are we yeah. talking complete mumbo-jumbo? Have we missed someone out? I know when we've talked about the big four, but like you talk about one-day cricket. Now you've got Barbara Zam. You've got, I don't think it is. I think there's one for me in test cricket, certainly, that is Steve Smith. And then you've got probably five, six that are in the next bracket down. What do you think? Let us know. Well, the, the one thing we do know is that there is no batsman that is in the top 10 of the ICC rankings at the moment. However, well, there is there's 10 of them. Well, there's 10 of them. That are in, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Let me start that again. Do not cut that out. Do not cut that out. <laughs> the problem here is. There's 10 of them. The problem is, listeners, that Eugene, whenever he makes a mistake, he's going to edit this bit out that Jono just he starts saying. Serves, serves us up on an absolute plate whenever we get something slightly wrong, but manages to miraculously edit all of his silly little mistakes out. So, Eugene, you know what I in. meant. Doesn't matter. Keep it in. You know what I meant. We know what you yeah, meant because we talked about it for 20 minutes before the start. we start recording. Yeah. So, in the top 10, there is obviously batsmen that are in ODIs, T20s, and tests. There is no batsman that is in the top 10 that is in each of the three. I'm still getting all, it wrong. In me. all of the three. There's no one that's in all three. In, yes. However, there is a bowler, which is rather strange because we were talking about how crappy the wickets are and the people are scoring runs. And so from my perspective, yeah, maybe it is a bowler's game. Maybe we are moving towards a bowler's game. So uh, lads, we've already had that discussion. Has he, Get has it. he by any chance been bowling on all these shit wickets in the SA20? Does that count <laughs> towards his T20 stats? Absolutely not. He's been bowling on the absolute fucking roads in the Big Bash. Yeah, has he? I don't know if he's playing much in the no, Bash. He hasn't. No. no, he's injured. No. And we are it's talking about more Josh It's Josh Hayward. I mean, we haven't mentioned who it is yet. It's Josh Hazelwood for everyone. <laughs> we know who it is because we've spoken about it earlier, but it's Josh Hazelwood, which I was really surprised at because he's had a bit of a change around. Although he's still, what, 10th in the test ranking somehow because he's not played for about the last four, but he seems to have become more of a one-day specialist, whereas Mitchell Stark, as we've spoken about, went from looking like Alan Mulally to Wazim Mack when you got a red ball in his hand, whereas before he was all over the place in test cricket but knocking poles over for fun in short-format cricket. So people's careers develop and they change and they learn. And so, yeah, it won't be long for me until someone like a Coley or a... He won't be in the top three of all the bowling things. No, he won't be in the bowling ones. No. <laughs> Is Shakib Al Hassan not oh, in all three gosh. on the all rounder? Huge. Be on the all Please say bear with. Yeah, I was just, no, uh, yeah. definitely. Can we, have some, okay. Can we have some more elevator music and just to fill oh, the next So, yes, he is. I didn't need so the ben Stoke, uh, elevator sure. music. Have we just fucked no, all not. over your stat there, Huge? No, he's not. No, he's not. Ben Stokes is not. So, Ravi yeah, Ashwin. I mean, Shekhar son is in. Ravi Ashwin is not. No. So, yeah, I know. Interesting. We also must congratulate England for becoming the number one ranked ODI side in the world. Despite Again. having not played an ODI for eight months. Don't Inter- understand how these rankings work, right? 
It's going to be interesting, right? Obviously, we we know that on Friday, I think, is the first one day match between England in and South Africa in Bloemfontein. Aren't they playing that at Papua and Limby CC? Well, no, they're playing it at a ground slightly smaller than Papua and Limby CC. <laughs> I think because they've got this, uh, they, they've decided to create a load of rubbish wickets for another crap T Twenty tournament that happens to I be. Going myself, on, this was a road on Friday, by the way. I would absolutely yeah. laugh my head off. Yeah, this me was too. A road and for one place, four hundred and thirty-nine all out. If it's anything other than a road, is Jason Roy got any chance of being picked? Because if he it is a road, in, he won't get any room. He's, nah, in, he's, he's in a massive he's, hole of form, isn't he? Well, he's done this before, though, hasn't he? Like, he they keep, they, to be fair, he's down as an overseas in the South African T20. Some people might have a few issues yeah. with that. But no, look, he's a proven run scorer in what he does. But they know if slash when he gets in, it's game on. But there's talk of everyone's favourite bad boy coming back into the England squad, isn't there? Owen Morgan. Please. No, he's currently no. playing. He's not scoring very many runs either. In actual fact, he's scoring more than Jason Roy, so maybe he should come in. Well, yeah. But Alex Hales has got 100, hasn't he, in the day? 108 years a leading run scorer in that Saudi Arabian pound shot. International T20. Whatever league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, Jason I read Roy, no. today that was talking about him potentially going back into the ODI score because Phil Salt's now injured, isn't he? Oh, is he? Oh, is he? Yeah, it's, he didn't. I don't know whether he's injured or whether he's ill or something. But he oh, missed the last game. No, he's not for... injured. Yeah, food poisoning. Yeah, yeah, so I don't. But there was talk about Hales getting called up for him. Did you see Josh Butler got schooled by England's premier off spinner? Yes, Joe Root. No, Will Jacks. Believable. It must, it must have pitched six and a half inches outside off stump and it's it middle and leg. And then the captain pulled him off. So, no, sorry. Oh, excuse me. No wonder the viewing figures have been good. Oh, I teared up every time, lads. You know. <laughs> every week, Eugene, there's always one. You guys need to get your minds out of the gutter. Come on. We just spend too much time together. Have you noticed that we both instantly that at the wrong. same time? That sounds wrong. Oh, that's even worse. You see, that there you go. Wrong. Not in this context, John, I think about context <laughs> is key. Well, He's not been practicing with me, that's for sure. More on that later. So, uh, so yeah, no, it will be interesting to uh, see how how that series goes. Actually, I wouldn't say that. Will they bring Halesy in? Don't know. Don't know. He's another man. He gets a lot of time on this podcast. A lot of airtime. At least the other bloke who gets a lot of airtime. At least he, we, he's been on for an interview. So uh, we need to drag Halesy in, don't we? At some point for a rego. If only somebody that if only somebody on this podcast knew him. He thinks I dobbed him in, so. I'm... I might not be in great books at the minute. I well, didn't, by the way. I'm pretty sure I've defended myself more than once. Yep. Yes, you have. But no, and to be fair, someone else who got a mention on the podcast recently was is playing in the South African T20, a North Pants favourite that Jono mentioned the other day, Adam Rossington. Oh, yes. The clubby. They clubbed the ball after ground. Yeah. Hits a big ball, that lad. To be fair, I did hear rumours that he, uh, 145 kilos, he, he was trying to get involved with our weight loss challenge. Um, uh, to be fair, I've resigned myself to the fact that I'm losing that. <laughs> my best mate, well, my, my oldest mate, Rich, is over, and I've drank every day. And today, my diet has consisted, we made chilli yesterday, so I have gone to the chip shop, got a large portion of chips, and put the remaining <laughs> chilli on it. Now then. With about 200 grams of cheddar cheese. Mar Mars, the share value in Mars ice cream still plummeting through the floor. 
And they keep, they still keep right. any. No, not a single one. They still keep, they're still stacking up all the boxes at Sainsbury's in Ravo, but nope, not getting a look in. So I tell you what, though, I hope they've still got them all by the end of July and they've got them all on sale because they're about to go out of date because I will be in there like a fucking shop. Jono's going to be using them instead of energy drinks on the walk. He's going to be eating Mars bars. <laughs> it's probably not inhaling. Probably them. not the. Yeah, it's probably not the best gesture to make on camera. I'll have a. I'll have an esky <laughs> on my back, just picking them out. I'm just inhaling them. I've seen your shoulder flexibility, mate. You'll be asking one of us to get out. Oh, careful! That's enough. More innuendo, bingo. Yeah. So, what are we thinking about this South Africa England series? And what's the, the bet? Let's have a. What's the score going to be? England are going to win. Okay. Even with their B side, I mean, they don't even need all their players to come along, do they? Yeah, I think England. I mean, they're, they're the number one. They're the number one ODI side. Number three nil. Oh, crikey. Okay. You, Simon? I mean, how do you follow anything but what the South African blokes just said about South Africa? I just can't see where South Africa are going to score any runs from, if I'm honest. All the guys that I thought were going to be in form look shocking in the SA20, whatever it's called. In their own condition. Which either mean, in their own conditions, which either means that they'll come bang, bang into form. And I think the bowling site's pretty steady. So it's just, but yeah, can England, if England make 300, 280, 300, yeah, I can't see who's going to get him for, unless I don't, I've not seen squads. So unless they pick some of the young lads, then yeah, but I think, yeah, 3 0 seems okay. fair. I'm going to offer a little ray of light for South Africa. I'm going to say 2 1 to England. I think they'll, they might nick a game, I think. Mainly just to be different but, from you two. Yeah. I don't know. I think Eugene obviously knows a bit more. South African cricket seems in a weird spot at the minute. I mean, it's been in a weird spot for, I mean, in varying different levels for about 50 years, hasn't it? So, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, hope has been set on, what's the guy's name again? Uh, Sasanda Mahala. Tell me, that's the, is, is that the massive, massive black lad who's got the world's biggest Harris? Yes. Is he playing? Sorry, he's got, the, he's got the world's biggest what? Harris. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at his stats in the SA20. He's done really um, well. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Great, great so, death ball. Those Yorkers are incredible. Yeah, yeah. The S&C coach has got his work cut out for him if he wants to get him fit for Friday. But he's fit. I mean... We were talking yeah. about Raheem Cornwall, though, weren't we? Yeah, I saw an article with him the other day. I think it this morning. Was there a photo was this on it? Was, yeah. was it on a... no, what he was laying down? But no, he basically just went, not... it's about results and... Can I do the job I he want to do? He said he can't change his frame. That was one of the th key statements that I saw. He said he can't change his frame. It's just about results. I was like, yeah. I mean, he's in fair, shape. shape. You could make a one-bedroom flat look like a mansion if you put enough bricks around it. So, I mean, I, I, <laughs> it's still only a one-bedroom flat. I'm, I'm sure there's an athlete in there somewhere. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's yeah. just been, it's just been covered by a crowd. It's not just a rash between yeah. his toes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Any uh, any updates on the walk, gentlemen? This little challenge we've set ourselves for the year. I, I went for a practice walk again on Sunday. It was nice, actually. Well, I said decent pace as well. It was six, just over six miles an hour and all. Decent. Which mainly because I had to get back to go to the, the old uh, supermarket to collect the click and collect because I'd volunteered myself for that and thought, I don't want to be late and suffer the wrath of the wife. But no, I think... We obviously, we obviously need to keep uh, the thing that's hindering me in the weight loss challenge is one. When I, I suggested this challenge, not realizing I was going to be absolutely battered in it before I started, I then gave a weight that 
well, on a, what can only be described as a poor set of scales because I weighed myself again after having a ridiculously healthy diet for two weeks and working all, working all the time, and I somehow gained weight. Perfect so, muscle mass. So yeah, I think the the contribution towards Eugene's suit it, for me has been made very sorry. The suit that we are competing for, competing competing his bollocks as well, isn't it? I mean, it's just, Christ, Eugene's got to go for a dump. It's going to be a big dump. Well, but no, it's taking shape. I'm going to get myself some it's nice fun. new, I've got myself some waterproof, they're actually golfing trousers today, but um, so that's going to aid me in the walking round in the old certain weathers. And then, yeah, but how about you, Johnny? What have you been doing? Uh, uh, Eugene, uh, what have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, 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 all, lot, yeah. we all know that Eugene's too scared to go outside because there's some kind of Arctic blast going on inside the M25 at the moment. So he, he, Eugene's not leaving the house for two weeks. No, I haven't left the house. However, I've done Peloton quite a bit. So, yeah, from my perspective, if I can't do the walking, at least I'm trying to get the miles and still shed the timber because... My thought process is that I do start walking. If I weigh 10 kgs left, it might actually make me a little bit, it might help a little bit. So yeah, yeah, trying to shift it a bit. So, I also, last week when I did went to net, I seemed to twinge something in my knee. Uh, so yeah, just going through a bit of rehab at the moment. Uh, the usual icing thing. That's, you expect that to happen. When what, you just walk, when you, you just walking outside in some shorts? Is that the icing? Yeah, right yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kneeling down I was for three say, seconds and then standing back. Yeah. Pulled a hamstring standing oh, back up, something... but the knees salted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I was expecting that to happen when I put Raheem Cornwall through my right knee when I bowled. So uh, yeah, there's mate. an image. Yeah, we've that actually was... we've got some exciting uh, conversations ongoing, haven't we, about different things that we can do and that people get you know, involved with. So yeah, we will obviously keep you up to date with that as we people are just getting back into it, I guess, after Christmas, aren't they? So we're starting to have those uh, more commercial conversations and, and what have you but uh yeah 625 miles 22 days tough yeah we are yeah, in the tough. 86th day of january so yeah the 86th day of january just on that uh, today is blue monday is it not so obviously something that we like to talk about on on here is mental health and making sure that everybody's talking and looking after each other so look this is a pretty appalling time of year for a lot of people out there so just make sure that you are picking up the phone and those people that you think might be a bit vulnerable look Always better to have the conversation than not and regret it. That's one of the things that we always say on here. So, uh, yeah, do check in on friends, family, acquaintances, work colleagues. It's really important at this time of year. Positivity seems quite a long way away for a lot of people. So, yeah, please ensure that you are trying to look out not only for yourself, but each other as well. I saw a thing on a, on, I'm on a group on Stalkbook, Facebook. Stalkbook. It's <laughs> uh, all it's used for, really, isn't it? And... It was really nice. It's a group called Bottled Up Blokes. They do various different things. They're actually based in Derby, which is important. And a guy posted something on there talking about he's a musician. He's been in a couple of bands. And that's always been his release from stuff. And he struggled recently because both of the bands he was in have kind of taken a bit of a hiatus while they've had families, a bits and bobs like that. And he put a big, nice big message on this group. And a couple of the guys got back to him. And all of a sudden out of that, the group, now I've got three or four guys together. He's a guitarist, so a couple of guys have asked him for lessons. Amazing. And more, I mean, he's not a music teacher, but he said, yeah, well, well, well I'll come on and help you. And also they've, they've sort of said they'll start up a band, as in the group, or just whether they just practice and get together and stuff like yeah, that. So yeah. it's, it's amazing. That there are good people out there, and there are, no matter what you're into, and I'm not, I know we're a cricket podcast, but, there's everyone's got their vices and they've got their 
things that they enjoy. So just, I know social media can be a hard place and people need to be very careful about how they use it. But if you are struggling a little bit, dive on a group, just have a look and post stuff out there. And, but do it without expectation. I think that's one of the important things. I don't think anything you do is going to be the, your savior, but you'll get it out there and just put yourself out there to things. And you'll find that there's blinking good people in the world who will help. And sometimes it comes from the most unexpected places. It can just be you making a comment here and there, and it can be stuff like that. And then before you know it, you've got people around you who are doing what you enjoy doing. And all of a sudden you've got that feeling of community and you can share stuff and you can talk to them. And it can come from weird places. So just if you are feeling a bit low, if you want to talk to us, like message us, whatever, there's, you, uh, everyone can get access to our emails and on our Twitter and whatever handle. Bump stuff out there. See what happens. Yeah. yeah. There might be a dickhead. They don't matter. Right? No. It's the guys that there will be someone out there that wants to help you mm. and that will be there and it's got the same interest to you and that you can connect with them and form a community. Yeah, 100%. Can't, can't agree with you more, Simon. Before we go, obviously, everything that we do here at Slogging It Towers is in support of the wonderful, wonderful charity, the Lord's Taverners. Obviously, the war that we're going to do this year is in support of them. Obviously, as I say, we keep saying this, but we will be talking to you as or as we get into early Feb about where we're going with that and the walk and how you can support that. But yeah, please do check them out, learn a little bit more about why we are so passionate about them, what it is, the people that they help, et cetera, et cetera. You have to just echo Simon's sentiments. So get in touch with us. You know, we aim to just highlight stuff as much as we can. The guests that we bring on, we always try and challenge them and then ask them to open up about difficult times that they've had. And people don't suffer in silence, I guess. It's a really important message and something that we're all really keen to talk about and promote. So stay as positive as you can. I know it's easy to say, not always easy to do, but yeah, really important that uh, certainly at this time of year, but not only this time of year, every day of the year, we try and look after each other as much as we can. So we try and keep this lighthearted and wind each other up and have a bit of a laugh. But the consistent theme through everything that we do with Slogging It is about trying to highlight mental health situations and, and tough spots that we understand people can be in because we've been in them ourselves, all three of us at certain different times in our life. So yeah, just ne never forget that if you're having a good day, someone's having a bad day. And if you're having a bad day, then someone else probably is as well. So never take anything for granted and make sure that you try and get around your own people or others that you see in a bit of trouble as well as much as you can. On that, if you can give us five stars, that'd be amazing. Don't be <laughs> negative. Make us feel better. <laughs> yeah. Don't be I'll negative about better. things. Yeah, that. Yeah, we look, we do this because we love it. We love each other. We love talking about cricket and airing our views and whatever your people. If you disagree, let us know. If you agree, let us know. We had some great listener questions in the other week. Always keen to, to hear more and hear your thoughts and what have you. So, yeah, just keep getting in touch. Keep engaging with us. Quick one to finish on, Jono. Yeah, you two have obviously been to your first net session. Mm. Have you seen any person that's rocked up with a brand new ball that's been sandpapered on one side and swinging it around corners first net yet? Or is that not happening anymore? No, not the sandpaper-esque. I do remember there was a guy called Steve Burton years ago that I used to play with at probably St. Mark's and he and another guy called Gary Ashworth, two seamers, and what they would do is varnish one side of the ball. Brilliant. Let it dry out in their garage. And then they turn up to like first preseason net. And you just think, fucking hell, you were you couldn't bowl like that last year. What's happened? And then all you look great through winter nets and then all of a sudden you get outside and the shine comes off it and then no one, no one else has got a bat because it shattered them. <laughs> exactly. But, but yeah, Jim Rhodes is just doing Jim Rhodes. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm still yet to be able to train. Obviously, I don't get signed off having post-shoulder up until 
end of Feb. So I'm kind of just going down there in capacity as kind of two's captain at the moment to keep an eye on things. But uh, very much looking forward to getting back into it when I am allowed. Huge. No, just a couple of guys that rocked up with the good old fashioned bat breakers. Those ah. 12 pound balls that. Uh, 12 pound two piece. Yeah, f- yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, got beamed a couple of times, which is interesting. I mean, a couple of guys hit the side of the nets, the usual. So, yeah, Classic. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. January indoor nets. So, lovely. Right. On that note, we shall love you and leave you. Gentlemen, as always, it has been a pleasure. I don't feel, I haven't really worn too much abuse tonight which is a pleasant change and i'm gonna i'm gonna end the podcast before either of you get a chance to actually change that so thanks very much see you next week love you bye cheers bye sports social podcast network step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply